Tottenham. The trophy drill will end this year. Welcome to the very first episode of the 90th Minute Podcast. My name is Mateo. My name is Joe. And we are your co-hosts for this podcast. As the name would tell, this is a podcast about soccer, football, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to be here to bring you all of our hot opinions about the beautiful game. And today we're going to be starting with our very first subject, the most recent FA Community Shield between Liverpool and Manchester City. Uh, Liverpool obviously came out with a 3-1 win in this one. Goals by uh, Mohamed Salah. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold in the first half, and then late in the game by new signing Darwin Nunez. Joe, what are your thoughts on this game? I know it's Community Shield, so you got to kind of take it like, not the biggest game to perform in, but this is still a good performance. I, I you got to give credit to Liverpool when it's due, and actually, you look at the rosters uh, put out, uh, not the rosters, the starting 11 put out, uh, I think Man City starting 11 was closer to all their starters than Liverpool's. I still do think Man City are a slight better team, but that is not disrespecting Liverpool. I think Liverpool are actually a world-class team. Salah and uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, very hated players, I find. No, very disrespectful players. I think that they showed that uh, these guys are world-class, arguably the best at their position, especially Trent Alexander-Arnold. The Darwin Nunes, uh, he's a... I know I, the disrespect for his transfer was never about him. It was the price tag, but Darwin Nunez is going to be a very good signing for Liverpool. I think uh, he's gonna, he was one of the better players they had as a choice to replace Mane. And I think that uh, we might be seeing him put away at least 18 goals in the league this year. I think uh, he's been a, he's a very solid signing. I know people are disrespecting him a lot. Uh, I like this signing for uh, Liverpool, and I think he showed out today. How about you? So, like you said, the teams were playing pretty much at full strength. Really, the only one that was missing from Man City was uh, Laporte, because uh, Ake started instead. And then for Liverpool, it was just Allison and Net. Essentially, those were their their main starting lineups. You might want to play replace Firmino at some point in the year with Nunez. Yeah. Uh, but pretty much, these teams were at full strength. So you got to see two of the best teams in the world go at it today for a full 90 minutes. And it was a great game, really. It was back and forth. Both teams had chance, chances. And we saw some really great football being played. The first half goal by Trent Alexander-Arnold was just a beauty. Curler outside, and maybe it tipped, looked like it tipped off Ake's head. But still, it was a beautiful placement right off the post into the net. Uh, Trent had a pretty good game as well. I think uh, a lot of the criticism that he's taken because of his defensive play, how he's not very good defensively and more just an offensive wing back, he kind of put that to bed. He wasn't stellar defensively, but he played he played well defensively. And offensively, of course, he was the normal Trent Alexander-Arnold that we expect. But at the end of the day, Liverpool came out with the win. A uh, controversial one in the end with the penalty being called on um, Ruben Diaz. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's a penalty? Unfortunately, I think it was. Just because of the new rules that are placed nowadays, I think that that has to be called. They would never not call that now. Well, they would, but I think most of the time that would be called. Uh, and I will get to you on that subject, but I, uh, I do want to give credit. I think a Julian Alvarez, steal of a contract, Alvarez, uh, I know, not contract, steal of a transfer. Uh, a lot of people actually like this at the time it happened. I think Alvarez is going to be a long-term city player and that Holland is all the talk. He's very good. I know he didn't have the best game today. He's going to be very good, but Alvarez, very underrated player. Mattel, what are your thoughts on uh, the penalty? And then we can get into maybe some of Man City's newest transfers as well. So before we go any further, I just want to go back to that Alvarez transfer. 
It was $17 million back in January that they got him from River Plate. They, they loaned him out again. But this is the first time that we saw Alvarez at a competitive match. That actually meant something. And even though he's off the bench, he played pretty well in the way. He obviously got that goal. A bit of a controversial goal as well. Because I think Adrian probably should have had that. And he should have went into the ball stronger. But Foden was able to easily get it away from him. But he impressed. So that's a really good thing. And... So did the rest of Man City's tra- recent transfers. I think Jack Relish had a really good game. Uh, definitely something that I didn't see from him last year very often, but he looked very engaged in the game. And what I saw from him today was really, um, really impressive, just based on that transfer fee that he had back when he came to Man City. So hopefully he can live up to that this season. As what you mentioned with the handball by Ruben Diaz, it's something just about consistency, about referees having to be consistent with these types of calls. Because... That's what that's what's key in this game. At the end of the day, you want everything to be consistent in order for there to be a fair game. We've seen from VAR and from referees in the past that these situations often result in handballs being called and therefore penalties. So when you're running with the when you're running against an opponent, you have your hands swinging. It's not a natural position. It's not next to your body. So if the hand does hit it, if the ball does hit it, sorry, then it's going to be called a penalty from now on. The referee recognized that, and that's why it was called a penalty today. So it makes sense that it was called. Yeah, I mean, I think we kind of covered this game as as much as we could. I know Holland probably not the best game of his career, probably not even close. And the miss too. The miss, both two, probably two misses. One two of them misses. wasn't as bad, but the yeah, one at the end of the game. But yeah, that one had to be finished right there. But I just have faith in Holland. I do have him scoring more than twenty goals in the Premier League this year, so I still do have some faith. I'm not some faith. I do have faith in him. Before we move on any further, I just want to ask one last question. Does this game matter in terms of the competition between Man City and Liverpool this season? Like, in terms of the, any trophies that they might uh, uh, challenge for, whether that be Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, Carabao Cup? I think it's, uh, it does matter. It's a, it, I know it's a shield, but this counts as a trophy. It adds to Liverpool's total, which is now the most in England, I'm pretty sure. And it does matter, for sure. But not going to matter, obviously. I think anyone can agree with this. It's not as important as, obviously, the Premier League, Champions League, even probably the FA and Carabao Cups. But this is a good game to win, and Liverpool now probably showed their class, and now they probably got more respect from people in the media. And so did Nunez, and uh, so did Arnold, because even though people thought he was the best right back, he was getting some disrespect for his play style. So, doesn't matter, yes, not to the extent as other games, but I think that this is just a huge win for Liverpool. So, how about you? Do you think this game matters? I think, if anything, it only matters... Because it's at the start of the season, so it's giving Liverpool momentum to start the season. If does, is Man City going to say that they're not going to do anything this season just because they lost this one game? Not at all. They're still going to be super confident going into the season. They're still going to think that they can challenge for every trophy that they're a part of. So, really, this game doesn't matter too much. I think it's more of just an encouragement for Liverpool to continue to form into the rest of the season. It is a trophy. I'll give that back exactly. to Liverpool. It's a trophy they won. Speaking of other trophies, uh, the German Super Cup was today between Bayern and Leipzig. Bayern went on to win 5-3. to three. Goals from Sané, um, Gnabry, Pavard, Mane, and Musiala. Leipzig actually did try to fight back, and they did that pretty well. They got to 4-3 late in the game, but nothing really happened there. I mean, I, I, mean, wasn't, I wasn't too interested in this game. Just because I'm not. Hey, it turned out it was a pretty good game. It though, was a but, pretty good game. But I didn't watch too much. But all due respect to Leipzig, very good team. One of the only teams in Germany that really can compete with Bayern Munich yeah. until uh, around the final day. Maybe not the exact final day, but you know, expected from Bayern Munich, even with uh, Lewandowski. 
Uh, it is expected for, that they would win this game. And uh, that kind of leads to our next conversation, though. We'll talk about this one uh, for a little bit. Sadio Mane. Uh, you know, we just talked about Liverpool. We will talk about uh, Liverpool and Bayern Munich and just him. Uh, we'll start with Liverpool. How do you think they play without Mane? You know, they made this huge investment. They didn't lose. They didn't get much from Mane. A lot of people didn't like that for Liverpool, even though they really couldn't control it. He just wanted to go with Bayern. But then they get Nunez uh, for way more than they got, way more money than they got from Mane. Uh, how do you think about Liverpool? Not only how they play today, but just their summer transfer window as a whole. So, relating specifically to the Mane transfer, I absolutely love this deal for Liverpool. Because Mane wanted out, and like he, what, they, what were they going to do with him, right? At least they got something in return. Plus, they had Luis Diaz on the bench to fill in that spot. And Diaz played great last season once he came to Liverpool. So, he might not be up to Mane's level, but he's still a fantastic player who can contribute to this team. And then they, this opened up a spot for Nunez to come into the team and contribute as well. They got some money to help with that transfer. Obviously, they don't need too much money because they have they already have a lot of money to uh, spend. But this transfer, the money transfer, is fantastic. I know they only got thirty two million euros for that, but at the end of the day, they got rid of a player who didn't want to be there, and they brought in a player who can really contribute to this team because that's they Liverpool was missing that. The, the threat at the number nine position. They needed a, a solid striker who could score goals for them. And Nunez proved that today with his goal. Yeah. I mean, like guys, I know Nunez. A lot of people hate not only the transfer, they hate his play style. But hey, what do Liverpool need? I know they got a lot of goals last year. They were pretty good. Just I think only Man City had more, if I'm not wrong. Uh, but they were pretty good, uh, Liverpool. They already have a world-class defense. The midfield is above average. What do you need? You need a goal scorer. It's much... I think it's a much... Yeah, yeah it's the second best is. in the Prem for sure. I think Liverpool Man City is better, but that's it. But what else do you need? You need a pure number nine. And after Man City get both Haaland and Alvarez, they go and get Nunez. Uh, 100 million, maybe a bit too much at the moment. Yeah. Maybe that, a bit too much. That's the problem. But, but you do get a pure number nine. And like I said, my prediction, I think he scores at least 18 goals this year. I think that he's going to come pay dividends. Uh, I do think Mane is a better player, don't get me wrong. But he wasn't a pure number nine, and this, which is why I don't hate this bit of business by Liverpool. They, they were in desperate need. They got a good number nine now. And I know for a fact Man City wasn't going to sell Jesus to Liverpool. I think he would have been a very good option, but no way Man City was going to do that. So, you know, I think this is a good business by Liverpool. And for Bayern Munich, I think they had a world-class offseason, man. I really do. I think that you, you don't get as much for Lewandowski because you probably would have gotten two or three years ago. But forty nine million for a thirty four year old striker, and then you replace him with a younger player at thirty two million, that's amazing. And then you add Delic to the mix, you add Gravenberch to the mix. I think this was a great offseason by Bayern Munich as well. And for Mane, I think that Mane actually, this was a good move for him. I know people are like he's gonna go to a place where there's no competition. Yeah, but Liverpool, he won everything. Now you go, you do it at Germany, you replace a club legend in Lewandowski. And I think this is going to be interesting to see for uh, three or four years to, uh, how Mane is going to do with this team. So, uh, Mateo, we kind of do you want to cover anything else on the subject? Yeah, I just wanted to touch a little bit on uh, the Bayern topic because I, I didn't really mention it there. But yeah, the Bayern had a fantastic transfer window. They brought in Gravenberg on a really cheap deal. I think it was 18.5. Bargain. Yeah, 18.5 million euros, I pre- I'm pretty sure. So, that already, he's one of the best or most promising center mids in uh in europe right now so you thought you can bring someone in for less than 20 million 
who has that kind of potential, that's fantastic for Bayern. And they want to return to that level where they're competing for a Champions League trophy. And down the line, this could really help them contribute to it. Uh, as for Lenny Lewandowski, well, that's obviously um, not so great. The, the goal-scoring threat uh, that, that he provided for Bayern is going to be greatly missed. But they did bring in Mane, who can score goals. The rest of the team is, is filled with offensive power. Like Muller, Kimmich. Yeah. Uh, you got some defenders that could come in. I think the Ligt maybe will have more of an offensive game on Bayern than he had on other teams. But how teams. much of an offensive game is that going to provide? That's true. It, it's not, you can't compare that. To I think Gravenberch, I think he, the, the, when you watch him, you could tell he's a pretty good passer. I'm not sure if he'll get many assists, but he'll get a, maybe the assist to the assist. He'll have a very good uh, impact on this team. And Davies, if Davies is healthy, he can provide you some assists. So... We, so, yeah, we kind of touch on Bayern. And uh, to speak of Bayern, we can talk about kind of Lewandowski now. How, uh, how he got to Barcelona. That is... Uh, I like that, actually. A lot of people are questioning he could have, like, three goals in the German League, in the Bundesliga. But, you know, he'll still get tons of goals on Barcelona if he's healthy. And La Liga, he's going to prove his legacy even more. He's won everything in the Bundesliga. He's won, he's won it with two different teams pretty much now. He can prove so much more in uh, La Liga. He can maybe get Barca far in the Champions League. They're definitely one of those dark horse teams. And he's still got a heck of a team around him. Way better of a team than a striker on Barca would have had last year. You still got, you still got Fatih who's coming back now. Pedri and Gary are going to be supporting you in the midfield with Kessie. Dembele. Rafinha. Ferran Torres. There's never-ending depth here. Obama Yang is still going to be on the team. So he... And, you know, I talk about how good Lewandowski is going to be. I think Barcelona's transfer window as a whole was amazing. Jules Koundé, I think, might be a bargain. It seems crazy now, the money they spent. But I think he'll be insanely good on this Barcelona team. They're trying to get the Marcos Alonso transfer done. That would be huge. And the Christensen transfer. I think Barcelona have just improved their team very uh, mightily. And I think we might be seeing the future La Liga champions here. Maybe not Champions League. I think Real Madrid might be proven more in the Champions League and a, a few other teams. But Barcelona, man, watch out for them in La Liga. I really have to wonder where Barca got all this money from. That's what everyone's right? wondering. <laughs> everyone is wondering the same question right now. But the, the transfer you have here, 58 million euros for Rafinha. Uh, 50 million euros for Lewandowski. 50 million for Koundé. Uh, okay, do I have the rest here? I'm not sure if I have. They get Castellano free. That was free. Yes, I can't. Okay, I can have, I don't have the rest here right now. But okay, just from those three transfers alone, you have over 150 and, million. And, and then you have to think about the wages. The wages on top of that too, right? Like, how are they affording this? I don't know how, but at the end of the day, they did. So and they sent the young, who's paid so much. But apparently, they can't pay him. Yeah, and Pjanic is still on the roster. He's got a lot he's, of. He's on a loan though, isn't he? No, he's he's back he's on Barcelona now. And he's he's been uh, it, it, PK is still on the uh, squad. You know how much he's getting. It's it's insane how they do this. And to think they just bought for Ferran Torres for fifty five million in January. They signed Aubameyang for a little bit. They just re-signed Dembele. You got a question? Uh, where this money's coming from? But hey, if they're finding a way to do it, I will give credit to Barcelona though because they I think they have such a good offense. Man, they they're gonna score tons of goals and not only La Liga. But into the Champions League as well, if they can make it far. Like, they're, they're going to be a goal-scoring threat. As you said with the, with the Lewandowski transfer, uh, Barcelona is now a real La Liga contender and a Champions League contender on top of that. And Copa del Rey, of course. But 
with uh, Lewandowski, you are getting someone who can score a goal per game for you. That you can really expect him to do that. That's just how good Lewandowski is. And when you can expect a goal per game from someone, your confidence as a team will go up, but also your performances as well because you're obviously getting more goals, so you have a better chance of winning, just how the football is, right? But with all the transfers that Barcelona's pulled off, those have also contributed to the new competition that they have, uh, or the new level of competition that they're going to be able to compete at. Koundé will be great for them. He has tons of potential, and he will develop into a fantastic player. Rafinha, I think he might need a little bit more time to develop into the into the Liga game. But once he does, he makes that transition. Yeah, but here's the thing. You say Rafinha's not doing well. You get Dembele coming in. So it's like a win-win situation. Well, yeah, I know. I'm just saying he's going to need a yeah. little bit of time to, to develop. And once he does develop, he'll be fantastic. But the rest of the team that they have, they have Pedri, they have Gavi, they have uh, Ferran Torres, who was playing well last year, Dembele. Uh, the, the rest of the team is still very, very solid. So just adding on top of that, you get Rafinha, you get Koundé, you get Lewandowski. You get um, you resigned Dembele. You got you brought you got in Ronaldo you know, who's still yeah. there. You you know some concern in the goal. Ter Stegen, legend of Barcelona, has been a little bit uh, not as good in the past few years. So that's maybe a concern. But maybe fullbacks is a concern on this team. But every team's gonna have some concerns besides maybe like Madrid or Man City. So like a lot of teams have concerns on the rosters. I think though just the potential of this attack, the goals per game. I think might be. If you look across the top five leagues in the world, I think Burst actually have a chance to have the most goals per game of any team. Maybe yeah. them or Man City or Tottenham, maybe a dark horse in that area. But there, there's some good attacks, and I think Barca are among the best in the world. And reports came out not too long ago that the Barca president would consider a Messi reunion at some point. Yeah. Not could this you, year, obviously. Could, could you imagine if they add Messi to this team? Yeah, not That's this, unbelievable. Obviously not this year, but man, Barca, they, they are good with business. And if they sell the young, though... If, let's say they sell the young. At this point, he's a surplus. Yeah. They don't need him, right? It, it, but let's say they sell the young. They get sixty million. You keep him. You have another very good midfielder, though. So like it, the, the depth is never ending. So Bayern will be good. Uh, Barcelona will be good. And you know we've talked about Man City. How uh, we both seem pretty confident that Holland and Alvarez are going to form a good duo here. But they did lose two guys. Two. I mean, Man City probably legends of Man City. That helped them win the title this year and helped them win a lot of trophies over the years. And uh, you guys probably know who we're talking about now. Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling. We'll start talking about uh, that Jesus transfer first to Arsenal. Uh, what are your thoughts on this transfer? So obviously Arsenal lost Aubameyang back in the January. It was January. Yeah, January. he was just not fitting in with them. So, yeah. yeah. Training ground bust up. And, and they also just they hadn't had a number, good number nine since like maybe his early days with the team. So. Yeah. I mean, they still had Lacazette, but... No, still, yeah, he, he just left Yeah, Lacazette. he left as well, yeah, I was going to say. But I mean, last season they had oh, Lacazette. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And, well, he was serviceable. I mean, he wasn't great by any means. But he was not a pure number nine, for sure. But bringing in a guy like Gabriel Jesus, look what he's been doing in the preseason so far. He has been fantastic. Goal machine so far. I really think that he could be the number nine that Arsenal needs to help propel them in the, in the table, to possibly in the top four, and even further. Even though they finished in fifth this year in the Premier League, I mean, I think I feel like with you get you got uh, um, Gabriel Jesus in this, you get a, you get a goal scoring threat. You can be consistent goals uh, week in and week out, and more goals equals more wins, right? More points in the table. It's going to be a very tight Premier League table this year. I think Man City and Liverpool have got the top two uh, locked up right now, but the last two places, it's going to be a big fight between Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. 
Maybe even Man United getting on the fight. Maybe in, in, in Newcastle, probably not the first team that people think of. But hey, they are loaded right now. They've got a few new guys. He's got the cash, but I don't think they have the time. And they also yet. did well in the second half of the year. So you never know. They can uh, maybe. I don't think they'll be like a Cinderella story to win the league, but they can maybe sneak in, may, at least be a competitor for a top seven spot. Top seven, maybe. Yeah. I don't see them challenging for top four. Right but now. You, you made a good point, and don't forget. Arsenal were 5th last year, but they were 11 points of Man U who were 6th, and they were only 2 points behind Tottenham who were 5th, or 4th, my bad. Uh, so, that shows that they were extremely close to 4th. They had that 4th place locked up until they blew it in a game versus Newcastle, ironically. They lost, uh, I think it was 2 nothing. They just couldn't produce any offense. It's not that this Arsenal attack was horrible. It, it was a pretty solid attack. You got Saka, you got Martinelli... Odegaard's a very good attacking midfielder. The captain now, too. Yeah. He got announced today. And Jaka, uh, when he's on his game, he provides a very good attack to his uh, game. And a party it, as well. It, it, it wasn't a horrible... It wasn't horrible. But, you know, you're gonna, you didn't have a pure number nine. And that's similar to a lot of teams. But the difference between Man City and Liverpool to have a pure number nine is they had such a good team that they could kind of make up for that. Arsenal, on the other hand... They had a solid team, don't get me wrong. This was a very talented team. But it wasn't the same because they just didn't have the same team. Like, they didn't have the defense. They didn't as well as those teams. Now, you get Jesus, and they also got another former Man City player, a solid fullback in Zinchenko. I think he'll fit in very solidly on this team. They really need a fullback. Tommy Yasu was injured last year, but he was very good when he played. I'm excited to see this Arsenal team. Do I think they'll contend for the Premier League? No. But I think that we got a solid Europa League contender, and we oh, got a Europa solid League. Europa League yeah. is a minimum for them. And, and we got a solid contender for both the cups, the league and the FA Cup, and yeah. So if they win at least two of the things I just said, they're already qualified for the supporter shield and the Super Cup the next year. So th- that's what uh, the process is here. They're not expecting Jesus to come in and produce like Thierry Henry or Dennis Bergkamp did, but they do want production from number nine, and I think Jesus, like he did on Man City. We'll give you that, but he's going to play more than he did on Man City. And he's going to be one of the faces of Arsenal for the years to come because Saka and him will provide a very good duo. Yeah, and that, that whole team is just a really, really solid team. Now, it's a, it's a complete team now. You were missing that striker the second half of last season, even in recent years with Aubameyang. Well, really, Aubameyang, no. Yeah. Good thing well in Barca, but just did not fit in on Arsenal as yeah. the years came. But now that you have a really solid team pretty much everywhere on the pitch, these are the types of teams that contend for the top spots in the league, right? You see Man City and Liverpool right now. You saw today. Look how complete those teams are. Look at all the talent everywhere on the pitch. There's no holes in the teams. When you look at the bottom of the table, though, where you look at teams like... Not um, that the bottom league ta- play of the table are that bad, but... It's not, yeah. the, it's not their bad. It's just compared to the rest of the competition. Like Norwich were last last year. I mean, that's kind of a bad comparison, but they just didn't have that, you know? Like, you look at that, but... But, no, if you look at like, the bottom league, t- bottom league teams... Even, Whoever you want. You know, you want to compare them to a team like Man U. Uh, <laughs> Man U. You want to compare them to that. The defense isn't the same. The midfield isn't the same. And they really haven't invested as much as Arsenal did. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so it's fine. It's fine. But I'm just saying, like what, like, what you said with Man U. Man U is different, though, because they still have some... They have a decent amount of talent. It's just they're not gelling, right? That's a whole different problem. But teams at the bottom of the table, they don't have that complete uh, identity yet. They don't have that the star at every position or even... Someone who can get the job done at every position in the Premier League. Arsenal has that now, and they have someone who has a star in Gabriel Jesus. They have stars in Saka. 
uh, Martinelli, Odegaard, and throughout the team, I'm not going to go naming the rest of the team, but you know who I'm talking about. This is a team that has stars, that has the talent to get anything done in the Premier League. And I really think that they can challenge for top four this year. And I think that should be an expectation for them. And it's all on Arteta now. So, uh, yeah, obviously. And they got the coach, yeah. And I know a lot of people really don't like Arteta. I think he's a very solid coach. All he has to do is really, what he has to do is do what he did last season. I know a lot of people are mad he kind of blew that top four spot. But that was just unlucky. Because Tottenham just really woke up in the second half of the year. They did, definitely did not expect that. Yeah. Um, now, the other one that you mentioned yeah. was Raheem Sterling. Uh, it's it's very interesting how we're seeing Man City sell these not top players, but probably second tier players to rival not rival teams, but teams that are and domestically competing for the same trophies as they are. But you got Chelsea now, uh, Sterling to Chelsea. You know Sterling, he gets his fair share of uh, criticism. He he misses some shots. He definitely should be putting away. But I will give credit to Sterling because he is a very good. He's very good with the ball. And he, he won't really provide you with goals, which is what he's expected to do. He is one of the better passing attackers in the league. He will get you, you a lot of assists, especially on a team with Havertz, with Mount, with whoever else is going to be there with him. I know they said the same thing about Lukaku last year, but I really like this fit with Sterling. And, you know, Chelsea finished third last year, I but they were 18 points behind second place. I think that they can maybe finish less points behind second place. Maybe they can do better in the Champions League. And the quarterfinals was a bit of a disappointment last year. And I think that they'll finally get the job done at winning one of those FA Cups. They've, they Or maybe a Carabao Cup. They, they lost both on penalties this year. They lost three FA Cups in a row before this year. I think that Sterling is a very good fit with this team. I know he won't finish his fair share of shots that he should be putting away. But he is one of the better passing wingers of the league. In the league. And I'm not sure he's going to play as a number nine. But I think that as a winger, he'll be very good. And even as a number nine, he wouldn't be bad. What are your thoughts on this? I don't know who else they would play as a number nine. That's the problem right now. They got rid of Lukaku, who, I mean, they had to do it. Because, let's face it, he was not very good last year. He did who not else, fit but, in. Who else do they have to play as a number nine? You have, they sold Tammy Abraham. They sold, well, yeah. You got Timo Warner, who, they, who Fabrizio Romano actually today just tweeted. They want to let go on a loan to buy. So. Yeah. They, clear they kind of don't want him. They have Kai Havertz, but again, Kai I, don't see, I don't see him as a, as a number nine. Yeah. But they also have Ziyech. Ziyech um, I'm not sure. Again, I feel more of a winger. Hudson-Odoi. Another, I'm not sure if they want to keep some of these guys either. Exactly. So. They have a lot of these wingers who... There's, there's just not room for all of them in the squad right now. So I think Sterling, bringing another winger like Sterling... You have to think that he's not going to be playing as a winger because why would you do that? You have a lot of talented wingers on the team, so I think their Tuchel's uh, idea is going to be to play Sterling as a number nine, and yeah. I think he, I think that can he can play that well. I mean, he has the talent to do that. When he's on top form, he can score goals. It just sometimes we don't see him on his top form that much, right? I just think his specialty is also an assist, though. That's what that's he'll true. Provide. He'll provide you with passes, and maybe you play him as a false nine, right? Yeah, a little bit behind the the wingers, and he'll be more of a passing. Um, he was a number nine on England for some of it. I know Harry yep. Kane was there, uh, but when he when he uh, is a striker on England, I, I seen I think he does not that bad. I think he does pretty well. But, you know, we, we kind of talked about what they both these chances have done for Arsenal, what they've done for Chelsea, but who gave them to them? Man City. What do you think? You think Man City are going to miss these guys? What do you think the deal is? And we'll, we can include Zinchenko in this too. Do you think he, they, they'll be missed? 
I think Zinchenko will be missed the most out of all of them. I know they're interested in uh, Chukarella from uh, Brighton, and yep. he's a very highly touted guy. He handed in his transfer request yeah. today as we're recording yeah. this. So it looks like he's going to be moving there. But I think for Man City, Zinchenko will be the biggest loss because there's not much... There's not a big if they can get right if they can get a Chukarella though I think that Zinchenko would have been a good young guy to have but I think that he he's a better player at the moment absolutely as for Sterling I don't think this is a big loss because you have Jack Relish sitting on the bench hundred million dollar man right there so he needs to play to prove to prove that he's worth that month, that transfer money right and he played today he played pretty well in my opinion I thought he was one of the best players on the pitch I thought in the there. second half of last year. A lot of people, the stats didn't show it, but I thought Grealish really improved his game from the first half. Yep. Even I think he's just getting better. Do I think he'll ever be worth that price tag? No, but I think he can maybe be, he can definitely be way above average as a player. And uh, he will definitely get better on this uh, Man City squad. He was I know he was better on Aston Villa, but he will be very good. And I think Holland and Alvarez will help him get there. We uh we covered Zinchenko, we covered Sterling, you covered them. Yeah, I was gonna I was just gonna bring up Gabriel Jesus now. I was gonna yeah. say that's not a big loss at all because they got Holland, right? They don't need him anymore. Not that Jesus uh not that Jesus was uh didn't help them last year. He scored goals that he helped them win that title, the Premier League well, title. Absolutely, but he didn't do all that rather. bad in the Champions League either, but they've upgraded. They've upgraded and they've gotten a future player too. So you got both these Holland and Alvarez. Jesus, heck of a player, just did not fit in on the squad anymore. And we've kind of, you know, we can mention one more thing about Chelsea. We talked about Sterling. They've had a very, not a bad off um, transfer window, but they, they did lose a, a world-class centre-back in Rudiger. They had Koulibaly. What are your thoughts on that? I'm mixed on this one because they needed centre-backs, like, no matter what. They lost a few guys this year. Uh, losing Rudiger is big, but I think you got actually an upgrade in Koulibaly. I mean, being a Juventus fan I, and just a Serie A fan in general, I got to watch a lot of Koulibaly uh, past few years, and I can say that he's a very good player. And playing in Serie A, it's a very defensive league, and you need uh, very good center backs, and he was one of the best there. So I think this is a really good signing for Chelsea, but losing Rudiger is going to be big as well. And they need they need some guys to help out in the back because they did lose many uh, this all this transfer window. You know, I'm trying to say offseason. Yeah. You know what? I do disagree with that, actually. I do think Rudiger was better offensively and defensively. But what I do like is they found probably the best replacement available. I thought there was three good ones. Delict, Bremer, and Koulibaly, all former Serie A players. Uh, one of them is still there. But I thought they were... I thought I saw the rumors they were offering 80 to 90 million for Delict. I went to mind that. He's young. He's going to be good in that system. But I think it, they did the right job getting the veteran on the low. Like $33 million for Koulibaly for me. I don't blame Napoli for selling him, but to me that's a bargain. You're going to get him on a steal. I really like what the Chelsea did there, even though I would have wished they did resign Rudiger in the first place because he's a, fair, a very good age, uh, very big in that Champions League run. So I do wish they did keep Rudiger, but this is a pretty good replacement. And they kept their fullbacks, obviously, because why would they sell them? Reese James and Ben Chilwell. So I think Chelsea actually... Very interesting team to watch this year. There's a lot of pressure on Chelsea this year because last year was... I know they finished third in the they league. They did win the Club World Cup too, so... They finished third in the league, but it was a disappointing year because it wasn't... They, they didn't, didn't have to work well. too hard. They didn't have to work too hard for the third place. They didn't win anything in Europe, actually. Well, they, they did win the Super Cup, but that's a one-game thing at the beginning of the year. And they won the Club World Cup. It's impressive to win that, but it's, it's not a European trophy, obviously. So we got to see Chelsea this year. There is a lot of pressure for sure. 
and that they spent a ton of money on Lukaku last year, and now that he's gone and you, you let him go for a lot less, it's a big loss. You don't have as much transfer money, so the transfers that you do have to bring in have to, you have to be sure that they're going to be worth it, right? Yeah. So bringing in Kulabali, bringing in uh, who else did they bring? In? I can't even think right now. Um, well, we talked about right? Sterling. Yeah, Sterling. Thank you. Could not think of his name. Uh, bringing in Sterling, bringing in Koulibaly, you have to make sure that these transfers are like they, they that they hit. You, they need to be uh, star transfers. They need to make an impact right away on the team because you are on a tight budget with uh, the Lukaku mistake from last year. And there's going to be a lot of pressure on this Chelsea team to be better than they were last year. Yes, they finished third. They're the best of the best of the rest compared to Man City and Liverpool. But there's going to be a lot more pressure on them this year with uh, other teams improving as well during the transfer window. So they really need to perform. And I think Koulibaly and I think Sterling are going to really help them uh, go to the next level. And maybe, maybe even challenge Man City and Liverpool for the top two. I don't think so, but you never know. Yeah, they did win the Champions League two years ago. I don't see them getting back there, but, you know, you got a solid team here. Next up, we'll talk about... Uh, we just talked about a former centre-back that played in Italy with Koulibaly, but we're going to talk about two centre-backs that played in Italy last year. This is a business by Juventus, Bayern, and Torino. First, we'll talk about Delict to Bayern. You can put your thoughts on that. Uh, you can talk about whatever you want. Bayern, Delict, or Juve, uh, from their perspective, which one do you want to talk about? What's your thoughts on this? So, I, as you're going to find out throughout this podcast, that Joe and I are both Juventus fans. So, we are obviously going to be very involved in what Juve does. And the fact that Delit is gone, I think, is going to please both of us. Because Look, I didn't, here's what I'll say about Delit. Great player, was never worth that $75 million price tag. Now, I'm not, I, I, I like Delit, though. He, he's, a very, he's a very serviceable defender. He, just, he was prone to mistakes. A lot of handballs, a, a lot of fouls he should have made. He did concede a few penalties. In big moments, it, he wasn't bad. But when you can, in my opinion, when you can sell Delict for what they sold him for, then get Bremer for like forty million less, that's a good bit of business by Juventus, in my opinion. I don't hate the I don't hate the deal for Bayern because you needed a center back. You lost Boateng and Alaba in the recent years. You needed a center back, so you do get a young one, and, and he will be better on Bayern than Ajax. I mean, sorry, than Juventus. He was class on Ajax than Juventus. But I think this was a good bit of business by Juventus. What do you think? It's great business. So you, they got 70 million euros for him with another like 10 million in add-ons. Yeah. And so they got they actually bought him from Ajax for what? About the same. It was 75 million euros? Was yeah. It? Yeah. So it was about the same. So the fact that you're still able to get that for Dillard after the poor seasons that he's had in uh, with Juve. Three. Poor. I said. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I know. I, said, I don't oh, think yeah. he was poor. That's why I'll disagree with you on. What well, poor compared to what he should have been. Like, compared to his transfer. Compared to what he was in Ajax. Poor, compared, yeah. yeah, and compared to what he's worth, right? So the fact that you're still able to get that much, that's showing that the player is the same player that he was uh, at Ajax. He's valued like that, yeah. Which he isn't. He's not as good as he was at Ajax. We can both agree on that. So the fact that they're still able to get about the same amount for him is fantastic. And they were able to bring a, another great young center back in, with uh, Bremer from Torino. And, get and here's here's what I like about uh, Bremer or Bremer, however you want to say. It. Here's what I like this over the Ligt. You know, the Ligt. It's not like he was unproven in the league, but Bremer is proven. Defensive, def, not defensive player, defender of the year in Syria. And man, he was off the charts this year on a Torino team that 
it, they weren't awful, but they, they weren't as good as they were, as obviously other teams are. I think he, Juventus was a defensive team. He's going to play with a few good players now. Juventus's fullbacks are a bit of a concern, obviously, but he's going to play with either Banucci or Gatti. He's got a few guys. I think that you got a good pairing of center backs at Juventus. And he he's already knows he's going to have to follow the footsteps of Chiellini, but Bremer said he's up for that challenge. He said he likes Chiellini. That was his inspiration. I think this is great business by uh, Juventus. If there's one team that I don't like their business here, I don't like what Torino did. And I'm not complaining as a Juventus fan, but if I was Torino here, I think that I would have sold it for more. I'm not sure what I... I, I know they couldn't control it because Bremer only wanted Juventus. But when you have the defender of the year, young, of 25 years old, I would have sold it for more. Bayern, we'll see in the future. I don't think this is going to end up being any bargain of some sorts, but... I think that this can be, he'll be a serviceable center back, Delict, obviously, on Bayern. I'm going to have to disagree with you on the Torino part. I think Raymer is valued fairly at $40 million. I don't, because I don't see him getting much more. He was, I don't think he had much left on his contract either, right? I think it was only a year or two at most. So the fact, you weren't going to get much from him. You couldn't let him leave for nothing. And to get $40 million for someone, he's not all that young either. You said he was 25. So it's not like it's a super young talent or anything. He's proven though. Forty million is still a great price for a proven player for both teams. For Juve, you get someone to fill up a positional need where you lost Delit, you lost Chiellini, two of your best center backs. Uh, and they still need another center back, in my opinion. I don't think Rugani can be the third string. But you gotta go Gatti here for sure. Well, he's inexperienced, so that's the problem, right? I'd say better than Rugani though. <laughs> it's not a high standard. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, but with Bremer, I think it's great for both Torino and for Juve. You don't have to pay too much for Juve. And for Torino, it's a good sum of money to help reinvest into the club, to grow the club again, and to help keep them in City out. Because they were struggling at certain times last year to, to stay out the relegation battle. So, I mean, I think, Bremer, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no I was just going to... I was going to say, Bremer, you're getting a certified beast of City <laughs> here. You're, you're getting, you know he's going to be good in the league. He's, he was also good before the season. He just didn't break out yet. But this season, number one in interceptions, number one in challenges, number one in ball recoveries, third in ball recoveries in opposing half, and fourth in aerials one. And he also kept Vlahovic and Lotaro Martinez silent against him. So this is a very, very good signing by Juventus. And what makes it 10 times better is Inter were about to get him if they didn't do this. The rumors Whoa. were he was going to Inter. I was but, gonna say he only wanted to play for Juve though. So what, at first though, gone? the rumors were to enter, and any kind of wanted to go to Juve when they found out he was interested. They were interested, but how about like you know how about how do you feel about Juve's transfer window as a whole? We kind of talked about the trend, the center back swaps, but how do you feel about their business? You know, you bring in you bring in Pogba, you bring in Di Maria, you lost Dybala, you lost Chiellini, you lost Delitz. Like and I, I, I do think Chiellini would have been a big one. All right, we got rid of Ramsey. Yeah. All in all, I think it's a pretty solid transfer window for for Juve. They brought they brought in some positional needs because we, I think we needed another one. Oh, we lost Bernadeschi as well. I forgot about yeah. that. So we needed <laughs> not a big loss, but I mean still significant. But we need another winger because now that Kies is back, we're probably going to be playing with another winger. So Di Maria can fill out that void out wide. We lost Morata as well. <laughs> I'm remembering all these now. So we kind of needed another another striker, especially with Dybala gone. Even though he might not be considered a striker these days much. But, all in all, I think it's pretty solid. We got another midfielder in Pogba, even though he's injured. Which So, the, without the That's injury... That's the concern with Pogba. 
Without the injury, he would have been a much better uh, midfield player. And I still think he'll provide that for uh, for Juve because his best years were with Juve under Allegri. So I think he'll be returning to that form that he want, that he once had, or at least somewhat close to it. Fill a big void in the middle. Uh, probably play with Locatelli and um, uh, there's a few well, guys. That's where the question that, comes. That, that's actually. where the question comes. Yeah, we got we got a lot of guys who could potentially fill that void. So as for the other guys, I mentioned Di Maria. I mentioned. Um, it wasn't. A, it, it, it feels like a huge transfer window. It feels like they lost a bunch of guys, brought yeah. them in. It really wasn't that, as big as it feels like. I know pe- people will think the big loss is Dybala. He's a huge loss. Don't get me wrong, but he always he's always injured when it comes to important Champions League games. Versus Villarreal, he didn't play. Oh, and Zachary is the other midfielder. You can, you, we can uh, talk about. Just came to me. You well, to- I mean, he was he. They brought him in in January. No, no, no. But like, I mean, like to play with. Oh, you well, guys. yeah. I mean, there's Rovella. There's so many Fajori, guys. Maretti. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, sorry. Dybala is he's a big. He's a solid player. He's a very good assister. He's not bad, but he is injury prone, and it's unfortunate. But that's the case, and he did miss important games for Juve for four or five years now. And he, he just never reached his potential. He did, right? He, it, he never rely on him. I know a lot of people say Ronaldo ruined him. That's not no. what happened. Ronaldo outplayed him, and DiBala just didn't keep up with him. That and then after, even when Ronaldo left, DiBala just wasn't as good, unfortunately. But. That's side the point. I do think he, I would have wanted Juventus to keep him, but for the wages he wanted to stay at Juventus compared to other teams, it just didn't work out. And you bring in Di Maria. Now, people are going to... I don't know if people think that Dybala is better, but in my opinion, I think people that think that are just wrong. Di Maria is a proven player. He was... I know he wasn't that good on Man U five, six years ago. But PSG, when he played, was amazing. One of the better players on the team. Started most games before Messi got there, then they kind of had to switch around. On Real Madrid, Champions League man of the match in the finals. Um, you got he was FIFA World Eleven. He was world class, world class. Di Maria on Argentina Copa America last year, world class. He scored the goal to win it. World Cup twenty fourteen, he got injured, but before that, he was amazing. You got a proven guy. A guy that's never been in Serie A before, so it's kind of like... That's the concern. It's a concern, gonna, but it's also something adapt? to be excited about. So, you, you're you getting a very good player here. A guy, a guy that seems like he he's a veteran, you needed a guy like this. As for Pogba, if he's healthy, I think he'll be amazing. If he's not, though, if he's injured like Dybala throughout the whole time, I know they're different positions, but it feels like you're just repeating all over again. For Gatti, I know they bought him in January, but he's going to play now. We got to see that. But he's a young guy. Was good on Frosinone. For Juventus, if I were to predict something, I know this isn't a prediction thing video yet, but I do think that they can compete in Syria. And a few more moves. Upgrade at fullbacks. We can be talking Champions League here, but unfortunately, we're not there yet. No upgrade at the fullbacks positions yet. We're, so, we're a little ways away from Champions League. Let's be yeah, honest here. Right? Exactly. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I think we're done for Juve now. Is there anything else we need to talk about? I mean, we got a situation going on uh, that not a lot of people talk about with Ronaldo and Man U. What do you think? With, you want to talk about the transfer with Man U first, or we could talk about that, yeah. Okay, so main transfer, uh, Zendra Martinez, coming in just for a few days ago from Ajax, center back. Um, I think that's a great signing. I think it's a great signing. I don't like the people that are already saying he's like top three in the Premier League yet, though. Who Man U? Man U or fans. Him? Man U fans are saying it. I don't. Or that, like, that he's top three yeah. in the Premier. 
Or yeah. that the team is. No, that he is. Oh, pff. No, he's a, he's a world class center. He, has, he hasn't played a game in the Premier. He's a world, how can he be the top? Listen, team? he's a world class center back when it came to Champions League, when it came to domestically in uh, Netherlands. But we got to see how he does not only in the Premier League, but we got to see how he does in a new system. I know. I mean, I know it's kind of the same system. He's under Ten Hag, but I think that he will. Uh, he, he'll be world class. I think he's better than Varane. Even though a lot of people like Varane, I do think he's better. I think he's better than Maguire. And I think he's better than Lindelof. He's coming in as the best center back. The Eriksen signing to me is good. Except I don't know if he's going to play in the mid or if he's going to be an attacker of some sorts. Be number 10. Yeah. He'll be number 10. And Malasia. I like Malasia signing. I think he was very underrated in the Eredivisie. I think he was good in the Conference League. Not a big name. I think he is a great signing though. So Fairly cheap too. Man, you actually... They're not going to be that good this year. That's the reality. <laughs> they're not going to be. They're, they're probably going to be around what they were last year. Prove me wrong at the end of the year if I am wrong. I don't see them maybe putting up a fight. I do see them maybe putting up a fight for top four if a few teams just disappoint. And you, no offense, to Arsenal, but they're a team that like to disappoint. So you wouldn't be shocked if it was them. Same with Tottenham, even Chelsea. But yeah, you got that. But then you know there's kind of a cloud on them and. One of the best players of all time they have. There's a lot of drama going on there. Ronaldo. You know, it's hard to keep up with what's going on. He didn't want to go practice. He hasn't really interacted with the team. There was rumors he wanted a transfer. Now, apparently, uh, he was going to come play uh, on uh, today or Sunday. 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 So that's tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot going on. What do you think's happening there? What do you think is going to happen? So what originally happened, he didn't want to play. He went. He wanted to request a transfer. But I believe the management, Ten Hag, I think the Glazers as well, were just told him that you're staying, we're not transferring you. So now he's realized that because he, he won Champions League football, of course, and like, who would I don't blame him. I mean, him. he's ahead of Messi in Champions League goals by 15 at the moment. So... <laughs> okay. No, no, but that's one of the reasons. He's, he doesn't want Messi to catch up to him. I don't bro. think he'll catch up to him after one season. I don't think he's getting 15 goals in Champions League this year. You never know. If he makes the finals, that's 17 games. Cold if Messi game. goes back to his older form, he's with probably one of the better cores he's ever had with Neymar and Mbappe. Probably. I don't see PSG getting anything done. I just can't see it. That's fair. Right. Year after year, they don't get anything done. But anyways, back to Ronaldo. I don't. I'm. I have mixed opinions about this. Whether I think he should stay or whether he should leave. From a man use's perspective, I think for this season at least he needs to stay because if you take uh, Ronaldo away from this team, Anthony Martial is your starting center forward. Here, okay, man, you fans. <laughs> I know you like him. Okay, some at least some man you fans. He's not good. I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm not saying he won't be good on a different team. Okay, but on man U, over the past couple seasons. He's just shown he's not good. At least not good for Man U. Can he be good for France? Yes. Would he be good on a team like maybe Real Madrid? Yes. Yeah. Would he get into the starting eleven? No. But yeah. No. He would get into the starting eleven. But no. He's got to go to a lower team. But what? He didn't prove it alone. He didn't prove it when he played this year. I know he's had a solid preseason. I know people hype up preseason, but it's preseason. So. So, no offense. And Rashford. Same with Rashford, okay? 
He's not good. Like it, it's hey, no, no. It's not that listen. Rashford doesn't have the talent, but they both have talent. They both have talent. Listen, listen. Saying Rashford isn't good, that's a bit of a stretch. Rashford has the talent. He does yeah. perform occasionally. Oh, he has the talent. They both do, he but they just have, they don't. Martial just never performs. I just don't see this Man U team with them doing much. And like, there's so many chemistry issues. The fact that there's people in the squad questioning the captain, that's already a problem right away. Personally, I think Maguire stays captain. There's a reason why he was captain in the first place. Why should he lose it now? If you're saying Ronaldo should be captain, he's been there for one yeah. year. You don't become captain after one year. I know he's year. a club legend, okay? I know he's a club legend. He's been there, but he didn't ditch them, okay? But he did willingly leave them to go to the Bernabeu, okay? He wanted to leave to go to Madrid. Was it a good decision? Absolutely. Four Champions <laughs> Leagues. Five Ballon d'Ors in that t- Oh, four Ballon d'Ors while on Madrid. It was an amazing decision, but he was willing to leave them. And it's not like... He left them when they were bad, so like they were still good without him. But you know, I don't think he could just come in and be captain again. Bonucci was, uh, for example, leaves Juventus to go to the rival. You think Juve <laughs> fans? You think Allegri like that? No, he's finally captain again. But, but it's because he's longest serving. But if he After never, how many years? Yeah, but if he never long. left, if he never left, he would have been captain earlier. I, I think he would be Quadrado, so. True. Yeah. But Juve fans don't want him captain, but it's been four years since his return now, and he's finally captain now. So you kind of got to earn your way back, even if you're a club legend like Ronaldo. I know he won. The, I know they've only won three Champions Leagues, and he's been the best player on one of those teams. But you got you got to. Uh, he's the best player. I'll give him that. He's the best player. But you got to earn your way back. Absolutely. So do you think he should stay? No. For his sake, no. He should leave. From Manu perspective. From Manu. Man, you you want to be good, don't get me wrong, but if, even, but if you take him away from the squad, are they even top seven? I'm serious with that question. Are they no, top I know seven? You're not joking. I don't see them. Man. I, 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 I'm concerned. I'm concerned. It, it's Ericsson's not going to save that midfield. No, I mean, Bruno even, Fernandes, so, but. how much is he going to come back from last season? He's going to be better. Maybe he Maybe has Frankie De Jong to help with the midfield, but like he doesn't want to go there, it's yeah. pretty clear. They're gonna have to overpay. They're gonna Anthony's probably have to not going anymore. Yeah. He already said no to that. I I don't know where this Man U team goes now. So <laughs> it's a question that we all have to ask. So we're gonna ask our listeners right now. What do you think Man U should do with Ronaldo? Uh, do you think he should stay? Do you think they should let him go? And what does Man U actually have to do to improve their team, like <laughs> to get back to what they want? Don't get me wrong. They've gotten a good young squad, but a good young squad doesn't specifically mean. They're good now. Typically, those good young squads are towards the bottom of the table or mid-table, right? Exactly. Right? So, it so, is... I don't know. It, it's a real it's a real mystery. And people think that Ten Hag is going to solve all of the problems. Hate to break it to everyone. That's not going to happen. Okay? Okay. Solskjaer and wasn't that bad. I'm going to say this. It's, to the res- it's the team that wasn't performing. Okay. Ten Hag is better than no, a absolutely. lot of the coaches they had since Ferguson. But the value of a manager so should be rated well. But you can't just think a manager's going to change a team. And, you know, we've kind of talked about Man U, and we talked about pretty much every... I don't want to say contending, because we just talked about Man U, but every Eng- <laughs> every English squad that's pretty big, uh, we can talk about Arsenal now. No what trophies. I'm sorry, Tottenham. No trophies in 14 years. So, this is a... This might be the year where they're actually... One of the favorites to win a few of these trophies. I know... Uh, Which trophies? Besides Premier League, they can obviously win the two domestic cups. And Champions League is a pretty far away dream, but you never know. 
they, last year, when Conte came, when they got Kulisevsky, when they got Bentakul, I'm not surprised Kulisevsky did well with them. I wasn't a bit surprised about Bentakul doing well with them. They were, they looked amazing. They, I know they blew some games. I know they, they lost that one game to Burnley, which got Conte pretty mad. But they beat Man City for the second time in the year. And they made their way to top four by only two points. But they are a Champions League team. They have an insane front three now. Uh, I'm surprised about how well... I, I know I'm not surprised Kulisewski did well, but he was world-class with them. you got Son, Kane, and Kulisewski. They signed Perisic. What a signing that was. They bought Richarlison. Way too much money, okay? <laughs> I go along get that way. 60 million is way too much for him. But he will come in and he will provide you with some assist or goals. He'll be good. Conte knows how to play every player and he, he will be good. You signed Bissouma. What a deal that was. Didn't think he was going to go for only that little. I think it was $25 million. And you still got a solid defense. So let's see how Loris performs. Let's see how this front... Not only this front three, now you got depth. I think, we, I think they're finishing third place in the league this year. And... The trophy drought will end, okay? The trophy drought will end. They will be winning either the FA or Carabao Cup this year. Mark my words. Wow. They will win a trophy this year. Hot take here. Okay. I like it. I can see it happening. But I really want to touch on the Richarlison transfer. Why? Oh! <laughs> 50 million for a backup I think it gets the 60 million to add-ons too. Possibly. But, Possibly. But yeah. Last year for Everton, he wasn't that good. He had 10 goals, 5 assists in 30 matches. That's but not also, that great. what are his Premier League stats? I think that, uh, that's those, where, that, those were the Premier League stats. Ten goals, five, not ten, great. Yeah, and I know Everton were horrible, but I think there was some production, like that he could have had to get more than that. Well, the year before, seven goals, three assists in thirty-four matches. Yeah, that was just a bad year. It's he has, and the year before that, thirteen goals and three matches. You're banking on potential here, but what potential has he shown? He hasn't shown. He had a good potential. Olympics. He won't go to the Olympics. That that's okay, but this is what I don't understand. Though you're paying so much money for a backup who isn't even a, like a proven guy who can develop, and you don't even need him as a starter eventually, right? If you were de- if you bought him for to develop as a backup for a bit and then to eventually take over for the starting position, different story. But you have Harry Kane, one of the best strikers in the world. Why would you do this? I don't understand. If you want to get him for maybe thirty million, and like with add-ons, of course. Fine, that's fair value. But there's no way he's worth $50 million right now. No way. I just don't understand. The Bisuma signing, that was a good one. That was good. Perisic was good. Perisic was amazing. I really loved that one. He'll, that spark he'll provide off the bench will be great. But see, that's a free transfer off the bench. Right? It's, a it's, free all, you transfer. Pay, it's all you paid a ton of money for Perisic. Yeah. That's a bench guy right there. You don't pay $50 million for somebody who sits on the bench. It, 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 that makes no sense. But you're going to get... I think they'll still be a good team. I just really trust Conte with this team. He has won the Premier League before as well. I know Chelsea were probably a better team, but still, this is going to be an interesting league year. I know it can't get much better like as the final day in the Premier League last year, but as a league as a whole, I think this is going to be one of the better years. And we have touched on a lot of Premier League teams today. We'll probably touch on more Serie A teams in the next episode. Maybe some more La Liga teams. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of get more into it. We cut. We touched on Barca and Juve today, but we can touch on Inter next, Real Madrid next. There's been it's been a good transfer window for a lot of teams this summer. We might have to give our predictions next video for or next next uh, episode, I should say, 
just to see where everything, everything's going to finish up, maybe in a league or just the Champions League or the European spots in the leagues. But stay tuned for our next video. I think it should be coming out fairly soon. If you have any ideas for what we should be talking about next, uh, please let us know. And I think that's about it for today. Uh, thank you all for listening to this podcast. Uh, the first one for the 90th Minute podcast. And we'll see you all next time. Thank you very much. Ciao. Ciao. It's not a game. It's a red skin.